Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. What is going on, my people? Citizens Youth! Citizens Youth! Oh, man! If you're new tonight, you're looking at me like, what is his problem? Here's my problem. I've missed my people for like three weeks. Who's my people? You, my people. It's like, I say my people, you say me. No, no, we won't do that. Hey, seriously, how you guys doing? Yeah, you guys doing good? Hey, men in the room, men in the room? Like, what's going on? How you, how you doing, men? Like, we good? We cool? Oh, all right. Ladies are always looking perky. They're always like, yeah, I love being here. The guys are like, I dare you to preach. I'm like, double dog dare me? Bet, say less, right? We'll do it. So hey, if you're new, if you're new to Citizens, my name is Sam. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, here's what you got to know about me, all right? Here's what you got to know about me. I'm here Wednesday nights doing this thing because I love you guys. I really do, man. If you're new, this is a community of students and we come together like we're all different. We come from different places, but we come together because the thing that we have in common is Christ. All right. There's like a whole row of people like missing. What happened here? Who? They moved for the junior dudes, I think. The whole front row. You want to come? Yeah, come on up. Why not? Give it up. Give it up for our junior guys. If you're a junior in high school and you're a male, you come right down front. Any other junior males? Yep. Yep, you can come on down. Yeah, yeah, you right there. Come on down. That's perfect. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so apparently, apparently, apparently while I was gone last week, uh, Andrew said I had to tell a story. Um, dang. You guys, you guys really want to hear about the vacuum salesman? I, like, I don't have, guys, I haven't preached in three weeks. I'm going to go for like two hours now. Are you sure you want me to do this? This is not, oh, I don't have time for this. Don't start the timer yet. Don't start the timer yet. That, they're not ready. This is not counting toward my time. So um, this is like a few years ago, and I'm, we're, sitting, we're sitting in our duplex, and I'm upstairs, and this is when I was like still in school, right? So I was doing my master's degree, and so I got every Saturday to wake up early and do homework all day. Sounds awesome, Right? And so I'm already in a good mood. I'm already fired up about my homework. And so I'm up in my room, and the doorbell rings. Ding dong, right? And so I'm just like, that's weird. Like, who rings the doorbell anymore, right? And so I'm just up there, and I, and I just kind of hear some happening. And I hear my wife talking to someone. So I go downstairs, and I'm like, what's going on here? And there's this lady who's like, hey, do, I just want to offer you a free carpet clean. Do you mind if I clean your carpet for free? I'm just going around. I'm just, I have all of these pads, and I need to use them. Can I, can I vacuum your carpet for free? And like, if you know me, I'm like, if it's too good to be true, it's too good, right? It's too good to be true. And so I go, no, but like how much is the, It's an absolutely free carpet. I go, miss, listen, like you're going to clean my carpets and you're going to ask me for money. How much is it going to, I promise you, I'm not going to ask you for money. I go, you're going to clean my carpets. Yes, for free. Yes. Right now. Yes. My carpets. Yes. No money. Yes. Like I literally make sure a million times. So she comes in, she goes, all right, I'll be right back. She goes to her car, comes in with this huge box right? I'm like, that's not a vacuum cleaner. That's like a truck, but it's this huge box. She kicks off her shoes, sits on my floor and starts assembling a vacuum cleaner. Like she's taking it out of the package. Like it's brand new, hasn't been touched. I'm like, you got more pieces than Legos in there. What's going on? And so she's like, she, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I gotta just, can you clean the carpets? Do you mind if I go while you clean the carpet? No, no, I need you to watch it. It's a demonstration. Otherwise I won't get the rewards from my boss. I'm like, Dang, lady, nobody got time to put a vacuum cleaner together, right? And so I'm sitting there, watch her put this thing together, and then she starts vacuuming, right? And then she finishes, she leaves a little patch unfinished, and she goes, now, before I vacuum the last piece, I want to vacuum with your vacuum cleaner. I go, that wasn't part of the deal, lady. You want to use my vacuum cleaner now? So she takes my vacuum cleaner. We shouldn't even be live on this, because she's like watching right now. I'm talking to you, lady! (laughs) Wasting my life! get this off my chest. She takes my vacuum cleaner. She starts vacuuming the little, uh, the little square of, of un- unvacuumed, right? So here's the carpet. She's like, I'm going to leave this section for yours. So she gets mine. She goes, do you think I should do it more? You know, what? I'm going to do it more. I'm like, lady, you are talking to the wrong dude. You don't know who I am. So she, do you think I vacuumed enough? Yes. I, no, 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 not enough. 
soon as she vacuums my carpet three times with my vacuum cleaner, the little square, she goes, now watch this. She takes her vacuum, goes over the vacuum carpeted place that mine was vacuuming, and then she takes out the dirt and she goes, look at all the dirt that mine picked up. Even after yours vacuumed three times. I was like, so you're going to wash my carpets and offend me? Oh, lady, it's on, right? And she goes, so tell you what I'm going to do here. Because obviously your vacuum cleaner doesn't work. I'm going to let you have my vacuum cleaner for $2,000. said, miss, I want to talk to your boss. Who's this Kirby man? Talk me, direct me to Mr. Kirby himself. She be, we begin to get in this bidding war because my wife is sitting and she's like, oh, the dirt is gone. I'm like, babe, don't look into the light, right? She's got my wife in the grasp of her salesmanship. And so she goes, $2,000. And I said, miss, I'm about to show you where the door is um, for $2,000. And so she's like, you know what? All right, you know what? You guys are such nice people and I love you. You guys are just getting started in marriage. I'm gonna give you a deal today. I'm gonna give it to you for $1,500. I'm going, miss, you were supposed to clean my carpet for free. 50, you're asking me for $1,500. No, you know what? You're right. You're right. And so she keeps driving this bargain down, $1,000, $800, right? Eventually, she realizes that I'm angry, and I'm starting to just be like, dude, I'm not doing this. Right? I can't even believe I'm telling you this story. This has nothing to do with tonight, but it really doesn't. And so, um, and so she realizes I'm not budging it. I'm like, no, and oh, but you know what you can do it for 12 easy payments? It's really, I was just like, I got homework, lady. So she goes, all right, well, it seems to me like you're not going to buy it. I go, you think? And so I go, up st- so I go, all right, well, it's time to leave. And she goes, well, I have to reassemble my vacuum cleaner and make it look like it's never been used. And so it's going to take a minute. And she sits back down on my carpet, takes off her shoe, and she starts disassembling her vacuum cleaner. And I'm like, I was like, Joe, I don't have time for this. So I go upstairs and I go, I'm, she's just going to leave, right? 20 minutes goes by. How come this lady has not left? Joe comes upstairs, she goes, Sam, I know she said 800 was her lowest, but she wanted me to give this to you. Now she's working on me through my wife. Open up the paper, 550, final offer. I was like, oh no, she did it! I go downstairs, she's sitting on my dining room table with a bowl of my dinner. I'm like, I, I thought you were leaving. I know, but your, your wife's food smelled so good, I just couldn't help it. I was like, she finally leaves. She finally leaves. I go, Joe, you gave her my dinner? You gave the Kirby lady my dinner? She goes, Sam, I didn't give it to her. <laughs> she goes, I didn't give it to her. She was lingering in the doorway going, wow, something smells really good. And my wife being a nice person was like, yeah, I'm making dinner. She goes, man, I'm really hungry. Would you like some? Well, I guess only if you're offering it, sure. And she's like, that's the Kirby story. I, I'm wasting time talking about wasting time. But is that, is that it? Does that satisfy it? title of my message tonight is do it for the Kirby. Title of my message is, no it's not. The title of my message tonight is do it for the gram. How many of y'all do it for the gram? Nobody? You do it for the gram, right? How many, alright, you may, this may be a courageous thing to ask you. This may be a courageous thing to ask you. How many of you are still, Derek, is that you? Come on down. We saved you a seat right there. That's Derek's seat. Come on down. Derek, we have the whole front row. <laughs> There's like no junior boys here next week because they're like embarrassed. So um, is, is there anybody here who admits to still not having an Instagram? Anyone still Instagramless? You're Instagramless, Micah? You deleted, but you had it. I'm talking about you never had an Instagram. Sixth graders don't count. <laughs> still, Lila, you count. Lila does not have an Instagram, man. You've made it your whole life without an Instagram. And so everybody knows what this phrase is, right? Do it for the... Let's say it together. Do it for the... Do it for the gram. I looked up this phrase because this is popular lingo for us cool people. And this is what the Urban Dictionary, don't laugh. This is what the Urban Dictionary had to say for Do It For The Gram. To do things in your life so you can take pictures and show it on Instagram. Everybody say, do it for the, do it for the gram. And so me and Derek, right, I'm, he walked here around the time. Me and Derek, we were just talking the other day and he used this phrase, right? And this is the context. I quote, this is Derek. He says, man, I'm finna hit up the mall and take pictures for the gram. That's, he used that. This is Derek Simpson, right? And so he said that the other day, that he wanted to do it for the gram. And so I go, man, what a great idea, right? What a great idea. Because there are certain things, there are certain moments that you're in that you go, man, like, I just, I, people have got to see this. You know what I'm talking about? 
There's like, there's certain situations that you're in or there's certain activities that you're doing that you're like, bro, like people have got to see this. I have to do this for the gram. So let me give you some examples, all right? Don't try these at home, but if you are trying it, make sure you get a picture of it because they're worthy of doing it for the gram. This lady's skydiving. She's doing her lipstick 30,000 feet in the air. And so I guarantee you, the person that's, the person that's there, she goes, dude, you know, we got to do this for the, everybody say, do it for the, you got to do it for the grand. People have got to see this. This is wild. Can you see this? Homeboy's trying to parkour. That's crazy enough. But not only is he trying to parkour, this is not Jonah Mack. Um, this is, I've changed his hair color to protect his identity. He's trying to parkour on to a skateboard. See, half the people are taking out their phones because they're like, dude, I gotta see this wreck. But the other half are like, bro, I gotta do it for the, gotta do it for the grant, dude. If people have got to see this, right? They should, they should post this. You guys remember this picture? This was famous a couple years ago. Homeboy dropped himself into a volcano. Because he wanted to do it for the gram. He's like, that'd be a great picture. Let's do it, right? Anybody Dude Perfect fans? Yo, Dude Perfect's the man. You know what I'm talking about, bro? Yo, ping pong balls onto 10 different like little hockey pucks there. And if somebody said, dude, like people should see this, that would make a great picture. Let's do it for the, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. Everybody say, no, 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 right? He needs some milk. That's what he needs after he hits the ground. That cliff is 2.5 million feet high. What? It might as well be. I don't know. I don't know. It might as well be. But this is a situation. <laughs> I, I don't recommend this. I remember we were at a, our high school pool party and Jonah Mack, right? It's like most people, most people are on the ground around the pool. Jonah decides to climb up the driveway, stand on top of a fence and go, imagine what if? And I was like, what if you dead? Don't do it. But if you do do it, do it for the gram because that'd be a sick picture. It's one of those moments where you go, man, people have got to see this. And then there's moments like this, right? <laughs> moments that aren't particularly, moments that are not particularly dangerous unless you take a tentacle to the eyeball. It's not particularly dangerous, but it's so special. It's a moment that you say, man, people have got to see this. I should do it for the gram. You see, students, there's a lot of things in your life that you should do for the gram. There are a lot of things, there are a lot of moments in your life that you should and could capture so that the watching world can see. You should capture. See, I'm not one of these anti-grammers, okay? My Insta name is Insta Sam C, right? Though I'm unsnappable. You can't catch me on Snapchat. You can't get me. But in terms of Insta, I'm, I'm a big fan because there are things in your life that you should capture. There are things in your life that you go, man, people have got to see this. There are a lot of these instances. But there's one thing in your life that you shouldn't do for the gram. There's something that you should be doing in your life that people do not have to see it, that you should not post it for the gram. And tonight, just for a few moments, in three short verses, we're gonna see what Jesus says to not do for the gram. You guys ready? Everybody say, do it for the All right, here we go. We're in Matthew chapter six, continuing the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter six. And when you fast... Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Everybody say, do it for the? Do it for the gram. So let's go through these three verses here. Thanks for the sticker, Anna. I'm gonna, um, from, I don't know how to put it on, otherwise I would. But we're gonna go through these three verses, okay? We're gonna just look at it line by line. So if you've never been here before, um, I'll give you a heads up for next time. You wanna have a Bible, you can look through your Bible and you wanna follow along, but I'll have it on the screen for you, okay? So here we go. Let's look through these three verses. 
He says, and when you, what? We're talking about fasting tonight. We're talking about fasting tonight, students, because fasting is a regular habit in God's family. Okay? How many of you are relatively new to God's family? Let's say like you've only joined God's family as a Christian within the last two years. Anyone? Last two years? Yeah, yeah, okay. Last three years? Three years? How about anybody under five years? Okay. Everybody else, you've been a Christian for like your whole life? Is that? Oh, okay. Very cool. So maybe you've heard of fasting, right? What's fasting? Say it. Yeah, what's fasting? Giving up food. Very good, right? Fasting simply means to give up food. Has has anybody ever fasted for uh, your doctor's visit? Yeah, right? Isn't it the worst? They're like, all right, so listen, we're going to set your appointment. I have nothing before 11 a.m. And so it's really simple. I want you to go to bed. I want you to wake up. I don't want you to eat or drink anything until your appointment. I go, lady, you got that appointment at 11 a.m. What about breakfast and second breakfast? Yep, none of that. It's the worst. And so some people, you have to give up food for medical reasons. But the people of God, God's family, they don't give up food for medical reasons. We give up food at certain times for spiritual reasons. Okay? And so Christians, people of God, sometimes they fast. Sometimes they abstain and give up food because it's a way that they say to their bodies, I'm not focusing on physical things right now. I'm focusing on spiritual things right now. Come on, we got to do it. I want you to look to your body. Look at your belly right now. Don't look at your neighbor's belly, all right? Look at your belly. And I want you to say right now, I want you to talk to your belly and say, it's not time. No, no, look at it. Look at it in the belly button. It's not time for physical food. It's time for spiritual food. That's what fasting is. Some of you guys are like looking at your belly for the first time. You're like, I love you. That was the first, how many of you, that was the first conversation you've ever had with your belly? Dude, every day. I'm like, what do you want for breakfast? And it talks to me. It talks to me. If you talk to your belly, it will talk to you. And so fasting is a way that we talk to our body. Fasting is a way that we tell our bodies, we tell our flesh, hey, I'm not focusing on physical needs right now. I'm focusing on spiritual needs. And so some people, they'll fast for one meal, right? I'm not going to eat lunch. Sometimes people will fast for like a whole day. They say, I'm not gonna eat for 24 hours. Sometimes people can even fast for up to three days, maybe even a week. And so my question is, why? Because I'm sure that's the question that you're asking. And so there are lots of examples in the Bible about fasting, okay? So maybe you've even come across this in your Bibles and you go, I never understood what that meant. They were praying and fasting. It means they weren't eating. And so there's a ton of examples, but I'm gonna give you three very easy things that you can write down, three very um, common reasons for people to fast, okay? And so the first one, sometimes people will fast in front of a major decision, okay? Sometimes people on the cusp of making a major decision and on the cusp of making a decision that has huge ramifications, they say to their bodies, hey, it's not time for you right now. I need to think clearly. I need to be hearing from God, not from my belly. And so I'm not listening to you right now. I'm ignoring you, Mr. Because I want to listen to God. So an example of this, um, in the book of Acts, right? Talk about career. Some of you seniors, you're thinking about career decisions. In the book of Acts, um, this is what it says. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. They were at this point in their lives where they were trying to figure out what's next. What's the next step? We're we're growing in Jerusalem. Where should we go? And so they said, I have a major decision. Why don't we fast? And as they silenced their bellies and listened to the Lord, the Lord spoke to them. You have a major decision coming up? Why don't you invite the Lord into your decision? Instead of saying, hey God, I know you're over there. I'll let you know what I decide. Fasting is a way to say, no Lord, I'm depending on you. I'm inviting you in. I need your wisdom in this decision. Give me good motives. Help me to think clearly. So that's one reason why we fast. Another reason why people fast is for repentance. 
Sometimes in the scriptures, people are so broken over their sin. They are so aware of what they've done wrong that they look at their bellies and they say, it is not time for making merry. It is not time for cheer. It is not time for enjoyment. It's time to be broken. It's time to be humbled. It is time to be sad over our sin. And so to mirror the brokenness of their heart and the lowliness of their heart, they'll make their bodies low. They go, man, I'm not gonna enjoy food. I'm not gonna experience the endorphins that go off while I'm eating good food. This is a sad time. I should be somber over my sin. And so an example, we see this in Nineveh. The word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes, okay? So this is a man that God spoke to him and said, you are living in sin. And if you don't cut it out, if you don't repent from your sin, I'm gonna destroy you and your entire kingdom. And so the king is broken over his sin. And the way, that he re, the way that he demonstrates his genuine conviction, he says, I'm not putting on these nice clothes. Takes off his clothes where it's black. I'm not putting on nice makeup and do my hair. He puts ashes on his face. And look what else he does. Not only does he reflect his brokenness with his clothing and his appearance, he reflects it with his, with his, um, his appetite. He issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast Herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. He says, hey, whole kingdom, this is not time for making merry. This is not time for being cheerful. We are in a bad situation here. We're going to repent. And not even our animals are going to eat food and water. Dude, this guy's serious. And so perhaps you're in your life and you're experiencing conviction of sin. Perhaps you're in your life and you know the Lord has been speaking to you for a while now about your unconfessed sin, but you feel like you're so far gone that you don't even know the way back. You're like, I I can confess, I can say sorry to God, but I'm not going anywhere. Perhaps you can employ a fast to humble yourself over your sin. It's a regular part of of God's family. I'll give you one more reason. There's tons of reasons to fast, but I'll give you one more reason. The last one is regular dependence. Regular dependence. Sometimes we fast, not for these big reasons, not for a big decision, not because we're repenting over our sin. Sometimes people, on a random Tuesday, will skip lunch and decide to go pray and fast. Why? Because this is a regular practice that they say, belly, food is not my source. God is. Regular dependence, they take time every once in a while to not eat food because it's a way that they're reminding their bodies, hey, at the end of the day, food is not our source. He is. I don't need food. Man does not live by bread alone. I can only live if I have every word from God's mouth. And so an example here is in Ezra chapter eight. Uh, Do you guys know the story of Ezra? Anyone? Maybe we'll go through Ezra one day. But Ezra basically, God called him to go back from Babylon all the way back to Jerusalem and to start rebuilding the kingdom. And so he's over here and he's like, yo, King Cyrus, right? Because Cyrus was the king and he was like their slave. He goes, Cyrus, yo, if you knew my God, yo, my God is strong, my God is powerful, my God will whoop your God's butt. Yo, my, if you fear God, God takes care of you. God is so strong, God, 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 God. And then one day Cyrus says, hey, you can go back to your land now. And Ezra's like, I'm gonna go 3,000 miles? Yeah, yeah, go. With all the Tuscan raiders and robbers out there in the desert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you mean I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make that, all that journey with all this money and all these caravan and not get jumped? Yeah, don't you worship God? And so at this point, he had talked so much about God. He goes, I can't ask the king to send a, a caravan with me, right? Because I just, I'd seem like a fool. So he goes, all right, I guess I have to depend on God. And so a way that he reinstills that dependence on God, look what he says. I proclaimed a fast there at the river, Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all of our goods. For I was ashamed to ask the king for a band of soldiers and horsemen to protect us against the enemy on our way. Because we had told the king, the hand of our God is for good on all who seek him. And so he was about to make this journey, a dangerous journey. And he says, man, I need to get my mind right. I need to make sure I'm depending on God. So let's fast. Does that make sense? 
So these are three reasons, three reasons why fasting is a regular part, a regular habit in God's family, okay? And so how often does it say to fast? Let's look at the verse again. I need answers. How often does it say to fast? How often? What do you guys think? Guys, there's four words. How often does it say to fast? What kind of answer is that? How many? This many? This many? No, you guys see it, right? Notice the word he uses here. He says, when. Not if. He says, when you fast. How many of y'all know there's a big difference between if and when? Right? Ask your parents, right? If I use the word if, I'm talking about possibility. Right? Hey, if you go to the store, grab me some peanut butter and make it smooth. But when I say when, guys, don't get down on the smooth peanut, right? But if I say when, that's an assumption. You're going to do this, right? I don't know how it is with you 17-year-olds, but when I was 17, my mom never said to me, hey, if you clean your room. You know what I'm saying, right? What did she say? She said when, right? My mom never said to me, hey, if you pick up your little sister. She was like, hey, when you pick up your little sister after school. And I was like, mom, if I pick up my little sister after school, (laughs) right, guys? And she was like, if I don't embarrass you right now in front of your friends, right? There's a difference between if and when. And so Jesus doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast. Because fasting is a normal, regular habit in the family of God. Just like prayer, just like Bible reading, just like giving and generosity. Jesus is assuming it. And so, if you're going to fast, If you're going to fast, when you're going to fast, you need to understand something, okay? Because there are a lot of misconceptions about fasting. Number one, fasting doesn't make God love you more. You're like, man, I really feel far from God, but if I fast, then he'll really be proud of me and he'll love me and and I'll just, then he'll like me more. No, no, fasting doesn't make God love you more. God loves you because you're in Christ and he loves his son. So he already loves you if you're in Christ. Another thing here, fasting doesn't magically make you mature. You know, fasting doesn't magically make you more mature. It doesn't magically make you perfect. It's not a magic pill here. It doesn't change you. Fasting does not change you. God does. Fasting does not change you. God does. But fasting is a way that we can put ourselves in a position before God so that he can change us. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example here, right? He says, when you fast, give me an example. I want you to imagine, God forbid, but imagine you have cancer and you find out that the only way to change it, the only way to improve your condition is that you have to get surgery. You have to get surgery because there's something wrong with you. Now, how many of you know that if you just walk on over there and you jump on the operating table and then you jump off, going on the operating table doesn't make you better, does it? Simply laying on the surgery table doesn't remove the cancer, does it? Does it? Is that all you need to do? No. So you don't need to lay on the surgery table? Do you or do you not? Laying on the surgery table doesn't remove the cancer, but it puts you in a position to be touched by the one who does remove the cancer. And who's that? It's the doctor. And so in the same way, fasting doesn't necessarily change you, but fasting is like laying on that operating table, putting you in a position to receive from the surgeon of your soul. And so we fast so that we can be with God, so that he can work on us. It puts ourselves before God to allow him to change us. That's why we fast. We put ourselves in a position where we say, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Now, there may be another reason why we fast. Yes, fasting is so that God can change us. But if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we may have a little bit of a different motive for fasting. 
If we're honest with ourselves, yes, we're saying that we're doing these spiritual habits so that God can change us, but really in our hearts, we have a different motive. And this is what God, this is what Jesus talks about. This is what what Jesus is addressing. It's the temptation for this other motive and he addresses it in the rest of the verse. We pick it up in 16. He says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. What he's saying here, he says, fasting is a regular habit in the family of God, but don't fast for the recognition of people. Don't fast for the recognition of people that you may be seen by others. Jesus is saying, guys, let's be honest here. Sometimes there is a temptation to practice these habits, not because you want to be with God, but because you want others to be impressed by you. You may be tempted to practice these habits so that people can give you recognition. And so Jesus is saying, don't fast for the recognition of people. And now look how Jesus describes such people. I need some actors. Where are my actors at? All right, thank you. Yep, come on up here. We're gonna, yeah, come on up. Yeah, I, already, I already chose my actors. I already chose my actors. Yep, come on down. Thank you. So you're gonna stay here. You're gonna stay here, right? And so you three over here, thank you very much. And so you guys, listen, look how he describes these people, okay? They're fasting. They're fasting. Fasting leaves you what? Hungry. Probably not a lot of energy. And so you guys are fasting, okay? So show me, look, like, look at your fasting. Face the, face the crowd. Don't face me. Face them. Come here. Tiffany, spread, why, single file line. What are you guys doing? Come on, right? Come on. You're fasting. Fast. Right now, fast. Look. Look how he describes them. He says they look gloomy. Show me a gloom. Gloomy. More gloomy, right? Is that gloomy? That's not gloomy. He, look what Jesus says. He says they disfigure their faces. Disfigure your faces. You're joking, right? You're jo- There's no smiling. You're hungry. Oh my, guys, look, like, say, oh, oh, I'm so hungry. Say it. I'm so hungry. Oh, yeah, keep going. Keep going. I need you to keep going. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Don't stop. Gloomy, gloomy, gloomy. No smiling. And so Simone comes over here. So they're gloomy. They're disfiguring their faces. And Simone comes over here. And you're going to ask them, what are they doing? Right? And she goes, what? And they're like, oh, oh, right? I'm so glad you asked. It's just been such a long day. And we haven't eaten all day. Because we're fasting. May have heard of it. Oh, man, right? Why are they doing Hungry. Don't stop. Thank you. What? And you look impressed, and you say, wow, right? Stay there. Look, I need you to look like so impressed. Don't stop. Don't stop, okay? Why are they doing that, right? Are the people, are the people fasting because they want God to see them? No, no, they're fasting, friends, they, because they want, they're, they're hypocrites. They're, you guys are hypocrites, right? All right, stop. No more moaning, okay? Listen, but don't move. Don't move. Listen. Jesus calls them hypocrites because they're acting like they're doing it for God when in reality, they're doing it that they may be seen by others. These are people who are fasting so that other people will recognize them. You guys will receive the reward of, say it, say, say what your line. You have one line, say it. No, you have one line, one word. It's one word. It starts with a W, ends with an O. Yeah, say it loud. Say it loud. Wow. That's the reward. Say it again. Wow. So all of that, all of that fasting, all of that work because they wanted to hear. Wow. Wow. Everybody say wow. Thank you. Thank you. Give it up for them, right? Now today, people aren't walking around school in your middle school, in your high school, people are probably not walking around disfiguring their faces. But we do have a culture where people will disfigure their Facebooks. These are the people that in today's age, these are the kind of people that would be doing it for the gram. 
These are the kind of people that would turn their Instagram into Instagloom so that other people can say, wow. These are the people that they're fasting. They're not eating food, but instead of going away into their secret and praying and reading and talking to God, they're on their phone looking at how many people are liking, viewing, and sharing their posts. They act like it's for God, but they're doing it for likes. And that, friends, those likes, those shares, those posts, all of the wows, that is their reward. That's their reward. Everybody say rewards. Rewards, this is a really powerful concept in the Bible, okay? A reward, the idea of rewards in the Bible is the idea that one day God's family, God's people are going to go to heaven and Jesus is going to give them heavenly rewards. Jesus is going to look at your faithfulness, students. Hey, I'm talking to students here. He's going to look at your faithfulness. He's going to look how you've endured. He's going to look at how you've overcome. And he's going to reward you by saying, well done. Dude, don't you want to hear that one day? Dude, isn't it hard sometimes living as a Christian? It's hard. It's not popular. You're often the minority. But the concept of heavenly rewards is God's way of reminding you, dude, it's going to be worth it. One day you're going to stand before God the Father and he's going to look at you and he's going to say, well done. But not for the hypocrites. The hypocrites will not receive a heavenly reward. Jesus is not going to say to them, well done because they've already received their reward, he says. He says they've already received their reward when their 700 Facebook friends said, well done. And so you're either doing it because you want God to say well done, or you're doing it for your social media following to say, well done. At this point, I wrote here in my notes, I was like, are you ever tempted for this recognition? And then I deleted it. Because that's a dumb question. Students, we're all tempted for this recognition. I'm not going to ask you if you're ever tempted because the reality is we all are. Every single one of us in this room, if you have a pulse, if you don't, we have a nurse somewhere in here, I'm sure. But if you're alive right now, you're bent, your nature, your human fallen nature is to want to live for the recognition. But what Jesus is saying is, he goes, I know that's your nature. He goes, don't do it. He goes, don't do it for the gram. Don't take these moments of spirituality. Don't live your spiritual life so that other people can see you. And so Jesus is calling you this this evening to constantly check your motives. Check your motives. Make sure you're not doing it for the gram. Make sure you're doing it for God. And so God is calling us to be a community of students who practice our spirituality, who practice our giving, our prayerfulness, our Bible reading, and our fasting with a deeper motivation than the recognition of others. God wants you to be a young man. He wants to be a young woman whose motivation is deeper than wow or or There's something deeper. There's a better motivation that you and I can have. And in the final verse here, Jesus gives it to us. Check it out, verse 17. But, so instead of doing it that way, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. He says, don't fast for recognition of people. Fast for the reward of God. Fast for the reward of God. Students, don't be like them. If you're going to fast, if you're going to fast, when you're going to fast, don't be like them. Wash your face. Do your makeup. Comb the hair, brush the teeth, put on the deodorant, right? Nobody wants to smell your hungry breath. I'm just so hungry. 
You don't have to broadcast it. He's not saying, he's saying, don't do it to be seen by others in public. Do it for your father who is in secret. Do it for secret. Our culture's not good at secret, are we? Right? If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody, hey, I'm not supposed to tell you this, so don't tell anybody I told you. How many times are you telling that about me? You know what I'm saying? We don't do good at secret, but he's saying do it in secret, okay? And so I, I remember these kids in Bible college. <laughs> we had these kids in Bible college to be like, you know, Friday, Friday, right before lunchtime, we're getting out of class. I go, hey man, what are you up to? Uh, I don't know, you know, I just kind of, uh, I go, was that even English? Like, bro, what are you doing? I, I'm not, I can't really talk. You weirdo, what are you doing? Jesus told me not to tell you. <laughs> They're fasting, right? The point is not that not a single soul knows. The point is that your motivation, the point is that your heart is not doing it for the accolades of others, but you're doing it because you want to be seen by God. So you don't have to be weird about it. When you fast, you're like, I can't tell you, Jesus will get mad. No. The point is to check your motivation. And when your motivation is to be seen by God, your father, look what he does. He, the father who sees in secret will reward you. When you lay down on the operating table of your soul, when you put yourself in a position and you come before God and you say, Lord, I want to be with you. I want you to be with me. I want you to work in me. He rewards you. He rewards you. He will be with you. He will work in you. He will speak to you. He will change you. He will do something so much more profound in your life than another human saying, wow. And when you experience the reward from your father in heaven and you taste that, you start to lose a taste for the accolades of your friends. And so you have two options when you fast. Students, you have two options when you practice your spirituality. You can either do it for the gram or you can do it for God. You can do it for the gram or you can do it for God. And what Jesus is saying tonight is so clear. His message in this passage is do it for God, not for the gram. There's a lot of moments in your life that you should do it for the gram, not your spiritual life. There are a lot of things in life that you can look at and you go, dude, people have got to see this. Not when, you're, not when you're spending time with the Lord. Not when you're fasting. You know who's got to see this? No one. It's you and God. It's you and God. And when you do it in secret, he will reward you. And so I, I preach a message like this and I read a passage like this and we go, okay, I get it, but I still know my heart. I get it. I know that I should do it for God and not for the gram, but I know that on my own, I'm always doing it for the gram. It's my natural bent, Sam. This is my nature. But friends, that's why I want to remind you. That's why God is working on you because he wants to make you more like our perfect example, Jesus Christ. I, you don't have to tell me, students. I know that middle schoolers and high schoolers always want to do it for the gram. I know that when you have your Bible open and the coffee mug right there and the highlighter perfectly sure, I know that you're finna, finna, get your phone out. Finna, fina, fina, phona, food. Finna. I know you're finna get your phone out. You don't have to lie. I'm like, I'm never tempted. We're all tempted to do it for recognition. Everybody say, I am tempted. Hi, tempted, right? We're all tempted. But here's the good news. God is working on you. Students, here's the good news. I know you, but God's working on you. God is working on you every single day to make you look more and more like your perfect example, Jesus Christ. And you know what Jesus Christ looks like, don't you? you don't, I'm glad you asked, Michael. Wow. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what Jesus looks like when he fasts. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting, how many days? After fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And every Bible reader goes, ding, Moses. Oh, snap, right? Oh, the people of Israel, 40 years. 40 days and 40 nights. 
He was hungry. <laughs> and everybody say, duh. I love, there's so many moments like that in the Bible where it's like, and he breathed his last breath and he was dead. Isn't that what it breathes his last breath, you know? He didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. Jesus was fasting. Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights because he was about to launch into a huge ministry uh, assignment here. Namely, save the world. So that could be a fourth reason why sometimes people fast. They fast right before a major assignment. And so he's fasting, and he's hungry, and he's in there for 40 days. How many people know Jesus wasn't like, give me your phone. Give me your phone. No, he wasn't on. I just need it, right? Jesus wasn't like, day 12, out here my fast grind. Jesus wasn't like, yo, this weather is like on 100 right now, day 20. Right? How many of y'all know Jesus wasn't like, 35, almost there. Hashtag gloom. Was Jesus doing that? You don't think Jesus was like making his fast so he can be recognized by other people? You don't think Jesus was like posting like his watch, his Apple watch going 8 a.m. I wish I could have breakfast right now. Oh. You're like, no, Sam, because Jesus didn't have a phone. I'm like, no, students, it's because Jesus wasn't sinning. He wasn't doing it for the recognition of people. He was doing it for the reward of his father. And students, listen, I love you. You need more encouragement in your life. You need some grace. And I know that you're fan of get on your phone, but listen, listen to this. Here's the encouragement here. I'm gonna get that slang word, right? And then it's gonna be like, I'm gonna do it for the gram. It's gonna be great. But listen to me. Here's the good news. God is working on you to make you look more like him. And every day that you lie on the operating table, every day that you allow God, your father, to work on you, you'll look more and more like the guy. You look more and more like the man. You look more and more like the God man who said these words. Oh, John 8, he basically said the words. In John 8, 28, he said, I'm doing all things to please my father. Students, I love you. I'm excited to work with you. Your small group leaders are excited. Do you know that when you go to small group, that's another way that you lay on the operating table? That's another practice that we do to put ourselves before God to say, work on me. We're excited and we're encouraged to do that with you because we know that God is going to make you look more like his son. God is going to make you look more like his son. As the band comes up, I wanna tell you how we're gonna respond to this message. Are there any questions on fasting? I'm gonna do some questions here. Are there any questions on fasting? Was anything not clear in this sermon? What's your question? Are you allowed to drink liquids while you fast? Yes. You are. So there's different types. When you, a lot of people when they fast, they'll do just water. Some people, for medical reasons, they'll do just a juice diet because they need their sugars up. Some people will say, I'm not doing any solid foods. I'm just going to do broths. The point is not the rule book, right? If you look in the back of your Bible, there's revelation, and then there's an appendix. And in the appendix, it says, God's frequently asked questions. What can I do when I... No, right? There's no rule book. The point is your heart. And so some people can't fast. Like I have a friend who's a diabetic. She's a bad diabetic. She can't fast. She never has. She never will. So she fasts other things. She fasts social media. She'll fast, you know, coffee, whatever it is. So great question. Thank you, athlete. Others? Yeah. Mia. Another description of fasting, because it's still not clear. Fasting is when we say no to food because it's time for God. Hey, I'm going to go eat now with my friends at lunch. No, no, no. Actually, I'm going to give up that meal and I'm going to choose to do something else with my time. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go read my Bible. I'm going to go spend time with God so he can work on me. Does that help? Good. Others? Somebody maybe hit that clock so I can see what time it is there. Um, Others? Any questions? All right. You guys want to know how we're going to respond to this? We're not going to respond tonight. We're not going to respond tomorrow. 
We're going to respond on Friday. And I'm calling for the first ever Citizens Youth Fast. Anna Martin has been texting me for months, literally like a year ago. It was like a year ago, 2016, going, Sam, can we do a fast for the New Year's with the youth group? And I was like, if we do a fast, when we do a fast. And so here's the when, okay? I'm calling for a a fast, and I'm saying Friday night, or Friday. I want you to wake up on Friday. I want you to eat breakfast, all right? You need to eat breakfast. Eat your breakfast, because you need to get the sugar in your brain so you can do good in school. Eat your breakfast. And then here's what we're going to do during lunchtime. You can set this on your phone. You can remind each other. We'll post it on Instagram. I'm going to challenge you, instead of going to the calf on Friday, instead of going off campus with your friends to go to Wendy's, get alone somewhere and just read your Bible and pray. And look at your belly right in its belly button and say, it is not time for you. It's time for God. I don't want to hear you right now because I want to hear God. So I want you to fast lunch. And then, for those of you who can make it, right? For those of you who can make it, I want you to come here and fast dinner with us. And as a group, we're going to fast the dinner. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to read scripture. And then that night, after our time of prayer and, and musical worship, then go break the fast. Go out with your friends. Go grab a burger. Go grab some noodles, whatever you want. But Friday night, I'm calling for a fast. If you fast, no, 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 when you fast, students. I love that you guys will not graduate high school without hearing at least one message, a clear message on fasting. This is a great, great habit that the people of God have used for years and years and years to grow, to grow nearer to the Lord, to grow more mature in the Lord. And so as we stand to our feet and sing, I want you to think about, Lord, Am I going to do that on the Friday? Father, if I do that on Friday, is maybe there a major decision that I need to prepare for that I would love to devote that time to? Lord, is there some sin that I really need to repent of and I'm just, man, I've been putting it off, but I'm, I'm going to turn myself in, Lord. I'm going to fast to confess my sin. Or maybe you say, God, there's nothing major going on. I'm going to take that as an opportunity on Friday to just once again reaffirm the fact that I depend on you. I depend on you. Stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you. Lord, thank you for this community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would make them more and more like you. Lord, I pray for the number of students that step out on Friday. For those who fast, even for the first time in their lives, that you would reward them as they do it in secret. Lord, that they would do it not for the grand, but for God and experience the joy of your blessings when they do it for you. Lord, we give you this night. We love you. And we look forward to, to this monumental, Lord, this, this momentous uh, uh, milestone for us, God, this first time of us doing this habit corporately on Friday. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. <laughs>